0: Father in heaven, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for seeing us safely through another week. Thank you, Lord, for this blessed holy hours that we are in. And as we're now coming to study your word once more, we ask for the presence of your Holy Spirit to teach us and to guide us and to illumine our minds, to convict us, and Lord, especially to convert us. May you please write your law law and your words in our hearts even now. And as we study, help us to understand, O Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus' encounter with Zacchaeus. And we are going to go straight to the Bible here. Our first text is found in Matthew chapter, pardon me. In Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 3, I was a bit confused there for a second. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus who he was, and could not for the press, because he was of little stature. Friends, what do we understand about who Zacchaeus was here in these first three verses that we read? Well, he was a publican, but he wasn't just any ordinary publican. The Bible said there that he was the chief among the publicans, and also he was rich. And on top of that, something that bears to mention always with Zacchaeus is that he was of little stature, meaning he was a short man. Well friends, what do we understand about the publicans from the Bible? What were they known for? And this is where we go to that first text we saw. It was Matthew chapter nine and verse 10 to 11. And it came to pass as Jesus sat at meat in the house, behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, why eateth your master with publicans and sinners. You see friends, what was a publican? It was simply a tax collector. But in Matthew, we get a very interesting revelation about these people. Um, People viewed them as dishonest people and they were put in the category of sinners. People actually despised them. They did not have a good reputation. They were people that were looked down upon, especially in the Jewish economy. And we also read in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 17, And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as an heathen man and a publican. They, in Matthew here, they were put into the same category as a heathen person, someone who did not believe in God, even though they were Jews. But why? because they worked for the Romans, you see. The Romans, they would get these people to collect their tax money for them. And these publicans, more often than not, they were corrupt people, they were dishonest, and they would take more than there was actually required to give to the Roman uh, Roman rulers. And so they took advantage of their position as tax collectors to get rich. And this was no different For Zacchaeus, he was rich, remember. And probably the only way that he got rich was through being dishonest. But let's continue reading, shall we? We read here in Matthew 21 and verse 31 and 32. It's very interesting. The Bible says this. Whether of them twain did the will of his father, they say unto him the first. Jesus saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that the publicans and what? Harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came unto you in the way of righteousness, and ye believed him not. But the publicans and the harlots believed him. And ye, when ye had seen it, repented not afterward, that ye might believe him. Here the publican is put in the same category as the harlot, the prostitute. This is just how much they were despised. They did not have any sort of good reputation at all in spite of how much money they had. And, and Zacchaeus, what position did he have? He was the chief. Of the publicans. He was the chief. He was the worst of them all. Remember, back in Luke, the Bible said that he was rich and he had obviously obtained all these riches in a dishonest way. But you see, something had been happening in Zacchaeus's heart. Let's go back to that first text that we read. Jesus was passing through Jericho and we read in Luke chapter 19 and verse 3, the Bible The Bible says this, And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. The Bible says that when he heard about Jesus coming through, he really wanted to see Jesus. He sought to see Jesus. He was seeking. He was searching. And the Holy Spirit had obviously touched his heart somehow, and he wanted to be in touch With Jesus but there was a problem he was too short and the the people that were standing in front of him he couldn't see over them and not just that they were blocking his view they knew that he was short they knew that they were he was behind them but they were not willing to let him pass through you see this just showed how much they despised Zacchaeus but Zacchaeus would not be deterred you see He would not allow just anybody to just block him from seeing Jesus. So what did he do? It continues here in Luke chapter 19 and verse 4. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. You see, the people are blocking him. And so he runs up ahead and he climbs up into a sycamore tree just so that he can see Jesus as he passes by. Remember, Zacchaeus was a rich man. He must have been wearing his fine clothing. Even he probably slept in the, the best of pajamas when he went to bed. And he had this nice robe and some nice shoes. A rich man, he is never clothed to such an extent where he's ready to climb a tree though. You see that? But Zacchaeus, he really, really wanted to see Jesus and he would let nothing get in his way even though the people blocked him, he would not be deterred. In Jeremiah 29, we read in verse 13 here, And ye shall seek me, and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Friends, if we seek God with all our heart, we will find him, the Bible says. But it will require effort. On our behalf. Just look at what Zacchaeus had to do. He had to climb a sycamore tree just so that he could get a glimpse of Jesus. He demonstrated the type of faith that he had in his heart. Their faith was growing. It was brewing up into action. What sort of action? Well, he came out from his house first to see Jesus, but even though he couldn't see him, he was going to climb the tree just to get a picture of Jesus. You know, you would think that because he was a short man, that he could speak to the people, especially because he was rich and asked to be excused so that he could move through to the front, but they did not like him, remember? This people, they despised him, and no matter how much money he had, they would not let him through. But Zacchaeus did not let this cold treatment from the people to deter him from his one goal. And you know, we learned a really important lesson here from Zacchaeus. You know, who do those tall people represent? They represent people in the church. Look, they were wanting to see Jesus. They were going to where Jesus was. And he would be found, quote-unquote, today in the church. And look, friends, you've got to remember, just because people treat you in an impolite manner, just because people treat you in an unchrist-like way, Don't let that be the reason as to why you should give up on your search for Christ. It's going to require effort. And Satan, he will put roadblocks in your path just so that you're not able to see Jesus. And sometimes those blocks, they come from within the church, friends. There are people that are unconverted in the church And I guess Zacchaeus, he must have been used to this cold treatment from other people already because, you see, they did not like him. But Zacchaeus did not let this deter him from his one goal. We got to be willing to push through any situation, no matter how people treat you, friends. This is what is involved. If we want to seek Jesus with all our heart, it will require effort. And I'm telling you, friends, if you want to find Jesus, the devil knows he's going to do all that he can to discourage you. He's going to do all that he can to to sway you from that path of determination and desire that you want. And sometimes he's just going to throw anything and everything at you. We got to be ready. If we want to seek Jesus, it's going to require effort. It's going to require determination. We've got to set our face as a flint and let and allow nothing to turn us to the left or to the right. A very interesting application also, though, is found in the tree. Because Zacchaeus, he had to climb a sycamore tree just so he could see Jesus. Friends, what does a tree represent in the Bible? Well, let's turn to another Bible text. It's found in Isaiah chapter 61 and verse 3. The Bible says this, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of what? Trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. What does a tree represent, friends? It represents trees of righteousness, a righteous person. You see, friends, the righteous ones are the ones that help others to see Jesus. The tall people are the ones that blocked Zacchaeus from seeing Jesus. And yes, they were in church as well. You see, friends, just because you go to church, it doesn't mean that you're a righteous person. Just because you're able to see Jesus for yourself and that's it, it doesn't mean you're righteous. You see, the righteous are involved in also helping others to see Jesus. In Daniel chapter 3, uh, pardon me, Daniel chapter 12 and verse 3, the Bible says this. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. The work of the church today is to turn many people to righteousness, to assist and help others to get a glimpse of who Jesus is. This is the work of the righteous. And this is what we should be involved today. Yes, what does it mean? Maybe to go door knocking, to give out literature. Maybe it's just simply inviting our friends to a care group. Maybe even in this digital age and this lockdown and this pandemic that we're in, it's as simple as just sharing a sermon with them to, to, to show them and Help them to see the Word of God, to show them Jesus. Friends, it's as simple as getting on the social media there and liking a sermon that you've watched or sharing it through YouTube or whatever it is. It's helping others to see Jesus. Friends, what are you involved with today where you are not just only searching for Jesus but helping others to come to know about Jesus as well? But let's continue, shall we? Let's go to our next Bible text, back there in Luke chapter 19, verses 5 and 6. The Bible says, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him, and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. Jesus, he's passing through Jericho there slowly. People are surrounding him, making it difficult for him to walk. But when he gets to the place where Zacchaeus is sitting, over the path there, where Zacchaeus can have a glimpse of Jesus, Jesus looks up and he says what? Make haste, Zacchaeus, come down, for today I must abide at your house. Zacchaeus, he was overjoyed. He quickly comes down and brings Jesus to his house. But how does the crowd react, though? How does the crowd react? Look at this. Luke 19, verse 7. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying, that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. The ones that murmured were the ones that were blocking Zacchaeus in the first place from seeing Jesus. They called him what? a sinner. Can you believe it? Jesus is going to eat at the house of the man that is called a sinner. Horrible. But you know, it sounded very much like the Pharisees You see, this was the teaching and the doctrine of the Pharisees. When you go to Mark chapter 2 and verse 16, we read this earlier just now. When the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said to his disciples, how is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? They, They could not believe that Jesus... Such a a holy man and a prophet in their midst, they were thinking probably. Why would Jesus eat with publicans and sinners? In other words, the Pharisees never associated themselves with such people. They really looked down on the publicans. They really despised all these sorts of people, the harlots, the, the, the heathen people, all those that didn't know about God, all those that had bad reputation, all these people. They just despised them. They didn't eat with those that that weren't considered pure or perfect. And it's not that Jesus was making this publican man his best friend. It's not that he was trying to just hang out with him because he had nothing to do. No, he wanted to minister to these people. He wanted to minister to Zacchaeus. He wanted to be a blessing to them. And the people, they really disliked Zacchaeus. No one wanted to eat at his house. We get this understanding because they despise like, how can Jesus want to eat at this man's house? Zacchaeus was a rich man. Can you believe this? But no one wanted to eat with him. No one wanted to hang out with him. No one wanted to come to his house, even though it was probably the best house in the whole of that city. Zacchaeus, was a lonely man and they didn't like him because of his position and what he did. But now Jesus is coming to eat at his house. Jesus, the son of God, the savior of the world, the Messiah. And Zacchaeus, When he hears the words of Jesus, he didn't care about his robe and the clothing that he wore. He quickly came down before Jesus changed his mind. Because Jesus now, the most famous person in in all of Jericho and Jerusalem and Israel and Judea, wherever he went, he was the most famous of all of them. And he wanted to come to his house. He was happy. He was overjoyed. And in the middle of the meal, While they are eating together, during their fellowship, Zacchaeus stands up and he declares something. What is it? Luke chapter 19 and verse 8. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. Now, do you read anywhere in, in what we've read so far about Zacchaeus, where, where when Jesus came to Zacchaeus' house, he said, now, now, Zacchaeus, I know you've been living a dishonest lifestyle. Now it's time to get your life right. You've got to stop cheating people. Zacchaeus, You can't be doing this all the time. Do you see anywhere where Jesus had such a conversation with him? No, we don't read that. We don't see it. We don't see where Jesus reprimanded him or corrected him or gave him this long speech or sermon. No. Then what was it that convicted Zacchaeus that he needs to be an honest man and restore everyone back their money that he had cheated and the rest of the money he should give to the poor? What was it that convicted Zacchaeus? You see, friends, it was simply Jesus coming to his house. Look, He knew that he was living a dishonest lifestyle already. People did not even want to come to his house, even though he had such a nice house. Even though he was so rich, he was lonely. Just because you have the money, it doesn't mean you have everything. And he had plenty of time to to think of what sort of person he was. But now Jesus, he's willing to come and fellowship with him. Do you see that? He was willing to come and eat with him when no one else was willing to do that and because of this, his heart was convicted and he decided finally to give his life in full surrender to Jesus and do that which is right. You know friends, we underestimate social power, especially when you are a Christian. We underestimate the need of fellowshipping together, just to eat with somebody. Not, not socializing with people just, just for the sake of hanging out because we have no friends and we're lonely, but socializing with them so that we can be a blessing to them. You know, we really underestimate what we call the power of the spoon. And I'm really speaking to those that have a place to call home. And I'm, I'm talking about not just a room that you rent from somebody, but people that have a home. When is the last time that you invited someone over for lunch or for dinner? When is the last time that you invited someone over that can't repay you back just to have a meal with you and to socialize and to to hang out in a sense so that you can witness them and be a blessing to them and, and just meet their needs? You know, friends, this is the Abrahamic covenant. This is not something new that you you should be doing in the New Testament. No, this is something that was given back in the Old Testament. Let me show you. In Genesis chapter 12 and verses 2 and 3, this is what we read. And, And God is speaking to Abraham here and he says, And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Friends, do you see that? God wants us to be a blessing to the whole world. But we can't be a blessing by just living our own lives and socializing within our own clique groups with those that we're comfortable with, with those that just simply go to the same church with us and that we sit next to every single week in church. We can't just be a blessing hiding in our own homes and not eating with others and inviting people over. We can't be that blessing when all we do is think about ourselves and who we want to hang out with and who we want to have fun with and who we feel comfortable with. He wants us to be a blessing to those that we never normally socialize with, those that we would never normally make our own friends, maybe even to the point that society despises them, those that cannot pay us back. All Jesus did was eat with Zacchaeus. And he didn't say anything else. It was then that Zacchaeus stood up and he declared, I'm giving half of my goods to the poor and all those that I've cheated, I'm gonna give them back fourfold, four times. That means when when you cheated the person out of a hundred, you're gonna give them back $400. And this is the sort of mindset that really speaks a lot about a person, whether they are filled with the Holy Spirit or not. not. Not Zacchaeus about giving back, but about how we are willing to eat with people even though they are not our friends. To sit with those and get to know them, to be a blessing to them. This really speaks a lot to well, about whether we are filled with the Holy Ghost, do you know that? The Holy Ghost, yeah, he wants to make us perfect, just like Jesus. He wants to wash away all our sins with the blood of Jesus. He wants to make us just like Jesus. And what does it mean to be just like Jesus? To eat with sinners. To have the heart of Jesus. In James chapter 2 and verses 8 and 9, the Bible says this, If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. But if you have respect to persons, ye commit sin, and are convinced of the law as transgressors. Friends, it's about loving your neighbor. It's about not being partial to those that are poorer, that cannot pay you back. It's about ministering to everybody. Yes, rich and poor, and in this case, we we are talking about the rich man that Jesus was witnessing to. But friends, just to eat with Jesus, pardon me, to eat with sinners, eat with those that you don't normally hang out with, that you're not comfortable with. It takes the heart of Jesus. It takes you being filled with the Holy Spirit to do such a thing, especially when no one else is willing to eat with them. But coming back to the story of Zacchaeus, so he stands up and declares to Jesus, That he's willing to give 50% of all that he had to the poor. And everyone that he cheated, he's going to restore back fourfold. Now look, I don't know how Zacchaeus was able to do this. And, and, you know, I don't know how he was able to invest and multiply his money like we are today. And probably he wasn't able to do that. But, you know, when he says, I'm going to give back fourfold everything to, to, to people that I cheated, Look, he did earn something, right? But he gave 50% to the poor first. And then he returned everything else back. He's taken this out of his salary that he earned as a publican. There was no other way that he could have accumulated such riches. Because everything that he, he, he did to cheat people, he's restoring it back. So he didn't just earn a living by just cheating people. It was his salary as well. But he was using his salary to give back to those that he had cheated. And on top of that, he was giving half his riches to the poor. Needless to say, by the end of Zacchaeus following through on his word, 50% to the poor and all those I cheated, I'm giving back fourfold. He would have been a very poor man. You know, this is such the actions of a person whose heart been touched by christ they're willing to sacrifice to make things right again zacchaeus was willing to sacrifice all his riches to be a follower of christ and how does jesus respond well we read in luke 19 verses 9 to 10 and jesus said unto him this day is salvation come to this house for so much as he also is a son of abraham For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus declared that Zacchaeus was on the right track. And it did not matter how much money or how little money he had. Jesus was coming to seek and to save that which was lost. He said, this day is salvation come to this house. You know, as we sit back and we look at this story, right? It might have seemed impulsive for Zacchaeus to stand up and make such a bold statement in giving all his riches away. The reason why we don't is because many of us, we grew up in the story of Zacchaeus and we know this story already, but we don't think too much about it. But if you were sitting there and you were eating with Jesus and Zacchaeus and you saw what would have happened, you might have thought that Zacchaeus was being impulsive. It's like, Zacchaeus, why are you doing this? Why are you just standing up all of a sudden just because Jesus came to eat at your house? But you see friends, this wasn't impulsive. It was the work of the Holy Spirit on the heart. To the world and sometimes to many people in church, sometimes we see these people make really drastic decisions in their lives like giving up all their riches or or selling everything and going being a missionary in a third world country in some foreign land far away or even taking time off from their life, from their studies, from their work, to to, to go and study at a Bible school like salt. Maybe people might think you're being impulsive. You know, you go to a youth conference and you hear this preacher preach this powerful sermon and the Holy Spirit takes a hold of your heart and convicts you and you stand up and you say, God, I want to surrender my life to you and serve you. Uh, there There needs to be drastic change in my life. And we make a decision there and sometimes people see these people as being impulsive or being too emotional, making emotional decisions without thinking about it. But you see, friends, that's how we would view Zacchaeus today based upon what he did. All Jesus did was come to eat at his house. And he's like, I'm selling 50%, I'm giving away 50% part of me of all that I have to the poor and everything else, people are cheated. I'm giving them back fourfold. Why not just double, why fourfold? Why have to give so much, Zacchaeus? You know, 400%, that's a lot. That, that, that takes years and years of investing to get that. Doesn't make sense. And we, we, we would call Zacchaeus impulsive. You're not thinking about, it. go back and sleep on this and just think about this first, Zacchaeus. But friends, no, that was the work of God, work of the Holy Spirit. his heart. He was willing to sacrifice everything so that he could gain everything that heaven wanted for him. And this was in harmony with what Christ wanted. He said, this day is salvation. Come to this house. But you know, friends, we've already studied about another rich man before, earlier in this encounter series. It was Jesus' encounter with the rich young ruler. Remember, he came to Jesus and he said, good master, what good thing can I do to inherit eternal life? And do you remember what Jesus said to him? Let's go to Luke chapter 18. It's just the previous chapter. Here is the tale of two rich men. Here's the second one, whom we've already studied. Luke 18, 22. Now, when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, yet lackest thou one thing. Sell all that thou hast, and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. You see that? Jesus told him to sell everything. And, and do you remember the story? It, you know, Jesus didn't go straight to that. You know, he said, well, keep the commandments. And it's like, which one? And he, he quoted all the last six except for one. Don't covet. And he repeated, don't steal twice, which is exactly what Zacchaeus had been doing. This rich young ruler said, I've been keeping all these things from my youth. Zacchaeus knew he had not been keeping any of these things for many years. But when Jesus said, sell everything, how did the rich young ruler respond? Luke 18, 23. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. He didn't want to part with his riches. But yet Zacchaeus, Jesus never said anything to him. And he willingly parted with the riches. Why? The Holy Spirit was working upon his heart already. The Holy Spirit was working also upon the heart of, of this rich young ruler, but he was not willing to let it go. He wanted the world. He did not want Jesus. But now we see Zacchaeus, his actions, lined up with what Jesus told the rich young ruler. He was willing to sell everything, And distribute 50% of that to the poor and restore everyone else, fourfold of what he had cheated them. Jesus proves in Luke chapter 19, right after his encounter with the rich young ruler, he proves that it is possible for a rich man to be saved. Do you see that? The change in his heart was seen in his sacrifice for God and for his neighbor. You know, friends, can you see Jesus? Have you, pardon me, have you seen Jesus today? To the extent that you are experiencing sacrifice in your life for others, not just your family, not just for your good buddies and your friends, But are you experiencing this this sort of self-sacrifice for the sake of Jesus and the gospel? Are you going beyond the limits of of what you normally do in in whether it's your sleep, whether it's your time or your money or your food or your expenses or whatever it is, just to be a blessing to somebody else? Or are you so absorbed, self-absorbed in your own life in your own self interests and all that occupies your mind, your own studies, your own work, your own, own money, your own family, your own future direction. Self, 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 me, myself, and I. Are you so caught up with yourself that you don't have time to be a blessing to other people around you? Can Jesus look into your heart and see that you love God and that you love your neighbor truly as yourself? If not, then you need to let Jesus into your heart today. You see, the invitation that that Jesus gave to Zacchaeus, he gives to you today as well. Come down. Today, I want to eat with you. In Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20, the Bible says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. The invitation that Jesus gave to Zacchaeus, he's given to you today as well. He wants to eat with you. He wants to show you how much he loves you. He wants to be a guest in your heart today. But it's your decision to make. Do you want to let Him come in? Do you want to let Him work that change in your life? Are you too afraid of everything that you're going to lose and have to sacrifice for the sake of Jesus? But at the expense of your joy and your happiness and fulfilled life, for friends, when we choose the world and all that it has to offer to us, it ends in misery, death. It ends in in. in just Satan making your life miserable and horrible. There's no fulfillment in it, friends. But Jesus, he's offering you something better today. And he wants to come in. And he wants to give you a different purpose, outlook in this life. Why don't you surrender your life to him and see how good he is to you and how much he loves you. And then how much he wants to make you a blessing to others as well. Friends, are you willing to open the door of your heart to Jesus this day? I hope that we can see that in Zacchaeus, who was such a rich man, he was willing to let Jesus come in. Oh, he was waiting. He was waiting for Jesus to make that invitation. And today, I know that Jesus is making that invitation to you as well. Will you let him come in? Are you willing to let me? Him come in and change your life from the inside to the out. I hope that is your desire, that you're willing to surrender, that you're willing to open the door to let Jesus in today. Let us pray. Father in heaven, Lord, so many of us, we just go to church once a week and we come back. But we never let you in as a guest into our heart. We never let you remain. Oh, Lord, we, we want to be just more than Christians by name. We want to be Christ-filled. We want to be Spirit-filled. We want to be like Jesus. And Father, I pray that you please be with my brothers and sisters who are listening this evening, that we would be willing to give you a chance in our life, to taste and see that you're good, to be willing to open the door of our hearts. Oh, Lord, please, we know that you're willing to come in. It's only now the decision is in our court. Please, Lord, teach us to surrender. Teach us to taste you and to give you a chance. Bless all of us here, Lord. Continue to guide us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more.